and then I had 69 bucks. Yo, and welcome to High Jinx, the place where we jump twice and measure once. I'm Joe, one of three people involved in today's particular show, joined today by Eric and Curtis. What's up, everybody? Ooh. Holiday season. Happy holidays. 2023 coming to a close. What's the uh, what's the vibe going on with uh, December? So far, so good. <laughs> I worked in an industry for the last 16 years where I worked literally right up until Christmas Day. Like Christmas Eve was a full day. New Year's Eve was more than a full day. And now I don't do that anymore. So I have I'm wearing pajama pants right now and I have for three days now. I love and they're it. not and they're not coming off i'll tell you that <laughs> these are staying. i have no meetings is this uh so this is a new state of being for you until what are we talking like december th- through the new year like through tr- 31st yeah 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 just so you know i'm in the alcohol industry and it's extremely busy this time of year if you sell alcohol but <laughs> i have transformed into the behind the desk guy and i don't need to be seen by anybody because they don't want to see me and i don't want to see them and we are happy to keep it that way. <laughs> they see you coming. You got a reason, you know. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> there are certain phone numbers you do want to see come up on your phone. And even if you like the person, there's just some people you're like, this can't be good. Why would, why would they be calling me right now? Uh, it's probably not to offer me a promotion. So it's got to yeah, be. When you get an email at like past 3 p.m. on a Friday, <laughs> always a bad sign. <laughs> sure uh well good to hear glad you're getting the pajama pants i mean i think it's just the season yeah why why do you think people drink more over the holidays is it just uh more time with family uh it gets dark earlier so feel like you know you're not really day drinking it's you know if you're in cleveland ohio i think it gets dark at 2 30 p.m so they drink a lot yeah it's interesting because like hey i was gonna go for a bike ride but it's dark so yeah, I guess exactly. I'll settle into my favorite uh, sports. Sports calendar is amazing, right? So watching sports, drinking sports bars, obviously mm-hmm. spending time with family, both good and bad reasons for drinking. Sometimes you uh, want to uh, crack a bottle open with your family. Sometimes you have to crack a bottle open because of your family. And also people do buy <laughs> wine and beer and spirits as Gifts. <laughs> mm. Curtis just described Christmas and the holidays to an alien. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes your family makes you want to drink, and sometimes when you when you love your family very, very much. No, it is true because uh, I think being around family, you know, we're Irish, so we, you know, we take that seriously, and you know, we understand that we have a, a bit of a a legacy, uh, and this is not good or bad it's just how the family gets together and relates and it's it's a tradition of sorts uh, it's it is weird so it, it's almost like sometimes you gotta say like all right just gotta do this you know it's an obligation yeah <laughs> it's weird obligation, obligation is the word and i don't want other people to feel obligated but i'm saying it's just kind of in my family it is you would really have to go against the grain to uh to to not partake and then in some families that i've been with like uh you know, uh, other people's families or something you meet, they don't trust you if you're not drinking. If you go out, you know, huh. in uh, some parts of Texas and you're, you're not drinking beer, like who's who's this guy? What is this? I, I don't I don't trust him. The rest of us are drinking Lone Star from a can. You're you're having water. Who is this guy? I don't trust this guy. Bottled water. What? 
I will <laughs> say this. Bottle uh, water would be a ticket out of town. Yeah, that's, that's out, baby. Straight out. <laughs> right out. Ask, you are asking for trouble. <laughs> Bottle uh, water. Uh, hanging out with my uh, brother-in-law uh, basically for every holiday. We do not have much in common at all. Uh, he does not like sports. He does not like <laughs> art, movies, music. He is you a, just described all the cool things in the world. He likes hunting and stuff that I don't like. Okay, all right. Um, but different, different type. For the past few years, my father-in-law has become quite a good bourbon collector, and I'm discovering me and my brother-in-law have much more in common now. <laughs> Rating our father-in-law's bourbon cabinet. <laughs> okay, so uh, in this case, you're saying it actually brings you closer together. Because... 100%. Well, you know, the number one thing to do when you meet someone and you want to make a connection is to find something in common. <laughs> so, And then build off that something. Usually it's a common interest or, hey, we're both from the East Coast. Uh, Uncut so bourbon. We both have hot takes on, <laughs> on this guy's bourbon. Turns uh, out we both like free booze. <laughs> Quite a lot. So What's not do, to love? Yeah. We do have something in common. What's not uh, to love? Eric, what about you? How's the, uh, you know, how's <sighs> the vibe for you? Yeah, you know, just doing our thing. Um, you know, obviously we've got this three and a half month old baby. And so this is the first time that my wife and I are not traveling out of Texas to visit extended family for the holidays. We've hunkered down and all that want to come join us to celebrate in any capacity. But uh, it's our first time. Usually, you know, we've got folks living on sort of both coasts, right? So my folks are in California and the Bay Area. Maddie's folks are either in Massachusetts or sometimes they winter in Florida. Uh, and so either way, it's kind of this bi-coastal thing that we're usually doing where we pack up all our stuff. We fly out to California for a handful of days. We pack it back up. We go all the way back across the coast to Florida for a few days and then settle back at Texas by the time the new year comes around. So it is both something that we're looking forward to in terms of not having to deal with all of the hassle, nonsense, et cetera, of travel, uh, particularly that sort of coordination with such a small child. So we decided to opt for both our sanity and to yeah. you know, help ease the travel woes of others that would have to deal with us on airplanes and whatnot, uh, we've decided to stay home. So I mean, nor normally you're going both coasts, you know, right. you're going east, and then you're going west, and you're kind of doing both in like 12 days. Uh, That's crazy. Know, from my recollection. That's I nuts. think you get a one year embargo on hey, we have a new child, uh, you, you can come to me? Is, is this a... <laughs> exactly. We said anyone's welcome to come join us, right? And so we've been sort of slowly welcoming little groups of travelers over, over the time, right? Various wise men and women bestowing gifts on the young new child, if you will. Uh, so, Pack, yeah, we had, uh, checking we had extra my wife's mom, mother-in-law, and uh, great aunt come in for a couple of days and then my dad came and visited for a couple of days and then just after the new year my mom and stepdad are going to come in so it's it's a good little opportunity for us to stay settled for others to come fawn over dote on uh, the new wonder child or whatnot that's awesome yeah that's gonna be sweet open yeah. the open some presents if you haven't been already for hanukkah or something like this so 
uh well nice it is a great time to see family if you can if you if you can stand your family if you like your family i'm going out to virginia for the first time my parents moved to a farm uh in virginia <laughs> so farm is it's not it's not like there's a carrots or other farm stuff there's no eggs you know or anything that would resemble a farm but they're out in the country so uh should be interesting i'm in the reverse spot so if you are uh <laughs> you know if you are not living that uh parent life at this point they're like no you got to come here <laughs> so yeah you do have to be on the move uh in that way but uh, mm -hmm. when we're there mm -hmm. the number one thing we'll do i'll be there for you know a week we'll be watching sports like the whole time and there you sports go. just unites the family it gives us a thread to do that and it's um a bit of a celebration of life through sports sort of atmosphere when my family gets together we'll be watching the football games we'll be watching ball games you know, especially if the eagles on eagles are on or something like that, that yeah, that's it's a, it's that's a great the time. event and it just really, really something it, bowl games over the course of about three weeks or whatever we'll pick a team to root for and we'll just be on the same side for three hours and it, it really is something that is uh kind of mystical about the influence of sports. It just, maybe just my family. It was like that growing up at least um, in Philadelphia. I think a lot of households, you know, just that's all I can speak to, but they, it just kind of sports gives that undercurrent of like keeping people on the same page and on the same side. So uh, should be good. I hope everyone has a fantastic holiday season, whatever you're doing. Should we get to the recap sports world in 60 seconds? Eric, why don't you cue me up? Let's do it. Bring on the quick time McGlynn special weekend or weekend sports. Tell us what happened. Run it down. The Dolphins dissolved the Jets playoff chances with a 30 to zero drubbing, leaving Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines until 2024. The Texans outlast the Titans, showing them you don't mess with the Houston Oilers jerseys and expect to get your way. That was some really rank decision making dirty, dirty. from the Tennessee so dirty. The Falcons-Panthers put everyone to sleep with a 9-7 snooze that still counts as Panthers win number two, a dramatic victory. We had two wins, and one of them was 9-7. Does it still count? Uh, the Rams might be back. They keep churning against the Commanders to get to 7-7 seven and seven and are now in the playoffs, if it were it's the season end today. The 49ers look unstoppable as Brock Purdy takes hold of MVP pole position. And Cowboys-Bills reset both the AFC and NFC playoff standings. Bills have a chance. Cowboys are in the playoffs, but the division looking a little shaky. But let's start there. Better win for Buffalo or worse loss for the Cowboys? And Curtis, I think you should go first. You know you got a take on this. Okay. This was a great win for Buffalo because the Cowboys are a good team. However, to defend my Cowboys, the slightest. And this came out about two days before the game. They had rampant stomach flu running through their locker room. Oof. And I will say that if a team ever looked like they were shitting their pants for 90 minutes, <laughs> it was my Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> but good. I mean, you can't take that away from Buffalo. It's a dominant defensive uh, performance. The, um, the running game and their O-line was dominant. Uh, it was a wet weather game, about half of it. Josh Allen did not have to do everything himself. He had some um, less than 100 yards passing uh, and put up, what was it, 36 points. Uh, so, yeah, great win. Uh, I thought the Buffalo fans might have uh, deserved the uh, game ball. 
uh, for them being extremely loud and then also robbing Dak of his uh, new here we go uh, cadence. Uh, wow, that was uh, quick lived. Uh, yeah, no. So yeah. Uh, the, the, every time the Cowboys walked up the line, the uh, Buffalo fans started screaming, here we go, to completely drown out Dak's uh, line call, which was uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, give him give him props. Way to go, Western New York. <laughs> I, I mean, I was a little confused by the here we go. I was like, what are we making of this? And it was, I mean, it was just like, I want to talk to the person. There's someone out there who got the here we go tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So because it was such a big part of the game last week against the Eagles. And well, he's been doing it all year. But it, so, I feel like it crested with the I, 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 I agree. Yeah. and Chris Collinsworth is they did a whole segment on it. And we getting uh, to Omaha level. Is it there yet? Or correct still some way to go. That's what's kill, 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 football. right? And green nineteen. Green nineteen is uh, the, pretty the awesome. Call. Yeah. That that's I was like, here we go is no green nineteen. All right, Green 19 is, uh, you know, I got to give Rogers some props. That that was pretty sweet on, on that one. But here we go. I feel like it crested, and now it got so big that it's like sometimes you get too big, it's bad for you, the foundation shakes, and now the fan bases are after you. They're aware of it. They're trying to get you off your game. So they're going to have to change it up. This doesn't change anything for me as a Cowboy fan. I still think the Cowboys are slightly better than Philly and much worse than San Francisco. Nothing changes. Okay, so you're just saying just still just San Francisco one, one, one yeah. A, one B, one C, San Francisco. Yeah. And then who's tier two for you? Dallas and Philly in in the uh, NFC. Just those two. Yeah. Okay, so you're not you're not impressed by the uh, Saints. You're you're not feeling. Uh... <laughs> I'm not feeling the Saints. I'm not feeling Seattle. No. <laughs> feeling safe. There's, there's, this is a uh, this oh, is a. Yeah, there's three teams in this race. Tough, so. tough judge. I kind of think the you're not feeling the Lions. I can't get past the the logo on their helmet and the place they play and the fact that the Lions. I just can't get over it. They have a, just a whole history of being the Lions. Yeah. They are a, Jared, Jared Goff had that great bounce back game against an up and coming Denver team that looked like they were making pretty, some moves. Pretty salty, man. They do through five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a nice little Sunday for Jerry Goff. Oh yeah, rookie Sam Laporta had a, a I think a hat trick there. They they've been uneven. Okay, the Lions have, and they had that loss of the Ravens where they just got absolutely Ooh. bounced. I think since then people kind of stopped taking them seriously. Yeah, they had that ugly Thanksgiving game against the Packers too. Just mm-hmm. didn't seem to have it. I will say Gibbs had a very slow start to the year, but he has really come on as one of the better rookie offensive weapons in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think so we should dismiss get, it. Yeah, Gibbs and Laporta and and both rookies on their O like that's a very nice, uh, right. very nice so that uh, with veterans and David Montgomery as the, you know, other back. And then Amon Ross St. Brown really having a breakout in what third year right now. So the Do offense looks great. Win? It's can their defense put things together when they need to. Do I think they can win four straight games, to the playoffs? No, I do not. <laughs> do I think they could be frisky for a game or two? no. They get a turnover. They get a pick six. They do the fake punt thing. Dan Campbell likes to run. You know, I I think they're a little. I think they're dangerous. I think they're frisky, but I wouldn't put them in contender status. 
Uh, am I being right. unfair to the good people of, Buff, uh, of Detroit? Yeah, I mean, they benefit from being what they'll probably be the third seed, right? Although, you know, who knows? Depending on how the rest of the NFC East yeah, shakes third down, or fourth. there's an outside chance they could be the two seed. And then they get the bottom wild card who's going to be, I don't even know who. I mean, probably the Vikings. Yeah, who who knows? I mean, the Rams, uh, I don't really want to play the Rams in the first round. Yeah, no, that's true. They, they seem pretty good. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, you know, I don't think it's like some gimme games. I, oh, no, I remember no, watching maybe. Aaron Donald earlier the, in the season and going, "Oh, I forgot about him," like because he's just he's amazing. Like mm-hmm. he was gone for one year, and you're like, "Ah, oh, he's kind of old." And he was talking about retirement, and then he got hurt, and then he's completely healthy playing this year, and he's just just still one of the greatest defensive players of all time. It is it, at that age. I mean, not that he's crazy old; he's like 31, 32, but. Mm he's still just as good it's is wild how some some of these guys like all-time great basically yeah. so oh, yeah. you got to be happy that someone like that gets the super bowl because then they can really try and cement some status as all-time uh you know dt defensive tackle in that sense he's top five guy defense all-time probably for me all right let's pick the last nfc playoff team packers six and eight vikings seven and seven but sliding Falcons six and eight. No, <laughs> Saints seven and seven. Bucks seven and seven. Ooh, Baker. Seahawks six and seven. If they can win tonight on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, uh, it's a little weird. It's kind of fun. You know, who's the most likely to win a playoff game of those teams? Not Green Bay. <laughs> Not Baker. Seattle. Put in the box. Yeah, probably Seattle's, probably Seattle's Seattle. given some good teams tussles, you know. Okay. You're not feeling uh Derek Carr and the Saints? I don't know how you <laughs> pick any NFC South team to win any more games. No, I know. Against yeah. somebody that's not in the NFC South. Right? I was really hoping <laughs> Tommy DeVito and the Giants would uh continue their heroic playoff uh, run so we just get more. I was I was kind of rooting for Denver for a second. And I you know, I got no love for Denver, but I was like, man, how crazy would it be to start 0 and 5 and to surplant Kansas City, the champs? Well, let's go to the AFC. All right. So, Buffalo, big win for them, kept their season alive. They're now 8 and 6. I mean, so I, and they're two games back from the Dolphins. They play the Dolphins in week 18. Mm-hmm. Sweet. This isn't, they're not out of this. Like, they, you know, nah. I mean, they could, this could happen. This could happen. And the Dolphins, Dolphins Cowboys this, this week, right? The Dolphins could get got. So, Cowboys, I think so. uh, yeah, Cowboys can beat the Dolphins. Uh, the Jets are out Buffalo of it now. Could... Sadly, sadly, no Aaron Rodgers this season. Did, did anyone? Does anyone think he was actually going to touch the field this season? No, he got medically cleared just in time for them to get eliminated no. from the playoffs. I gotta I say, was gonna he say, well, it was until like next Wednesday or something that they had to put him back on the roster, right? So I think Aaron Rodgers is so dug into his "I know more than doctors" stance that this whole thing, he knew a hundred percent he was not playing this year, but he had to get out there and show that, Oh yeah. If I wanted to, if, if they really needed me for the playoffs, I could be out there. He would have never, no, I don't care. They could, they could have won the rest of the games, had a playoff spot. Won the, it, it wasn't happening. He, the Jets know, got eliminated and he just puts his stringed instrument that he's been fiddling everybody with for four months. Correct. Like, nailed it. I was, uh, I was, uh, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And then he gets medically cleared 
like the Wednesday before their game. And, but if they lose this game, they're eliminated from the playoffs. So it's like, you know, he's not coming back. He's just waiting until they're eliminated from the playoffs, but he's really no, pushing it to say, no, I was on the verge. I, yeah, was, I, was, right I was coming back guys. There. No, here's the, the reality is he had an Achilles tear. weren't that, talking that about really Aaron Rodgers, and that is not okay with Aaron Rodgers. Not enough people were. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers must be trending in Twitter at all times, or he is yeah. not a happy camper. He gets himself out on the sidelines, tossing the ball around like six weeks ago, just so oh. that people can say, oh my God, look at that. What? It's all it's all a ruse. It, but he's just doing it so perfectly. It's it's in, it's an impressive piece of performance art. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's basically sense, got this whole thing master plan. Yeah, he was also going to retire to host Jeopardy. Get the fuck out of here, Rodgers. <laughs> uh the ravens look good give them a little props they're 11 and 3 i think they're kind of lurking i mean they're the number one seed in the afc yeah i don't like they're playing the the niners so we're gonna find out this week basically we'll talk about the game in bets on that sense so the jaguars and colts and texans are both eight and six pretty sweet i mean i'm pretty excited the jaguars look about as unimpressive as a good team can look like the wins haven't been amazing. The losses have been bad. The Colts don't seem like a, a playoff team to me. They seem like, you know, Hey, good season almost, uh, right. but they might just sneak in there. Gardner Minshew backup QB. And I'm right. Last week. Brutal. I think D'Amico Ryan's and Texans is a really fun story. And, you know, mm-hmm. winning without CJ Stroud last week was huge. I, I think he's going to be coach of the year probably. And, I don't know if they make the playoffs, they could win the division. So, so, so I guess that's, that's the recap. Uh, any other NFL takeaways from this week? We're going to get a little more Mac surging Bengals. Maybe uh, this is a team that we had in the playoffs. Then we thought, okay, they're totally done. Right. And, and then suddenly they lose Joe Burrow and we're like, who's this Jake Browning kid? What's he all about? And he is very quietly kind of putting together a series of, solid games with three consecutive wins under the, under his belt now. So maybe look out now. I don't know how severe the injuries were in the overtime uh, at the end of that game this week and whether or not that implicates their success going down the line. But this is a team that is moving in the right direction. At least it's the, it's the actual best game of the week was Jake Browning, the Nick Mullins as they just <laughs> chunked the ball as high and as far as they could each time down the field. And hopefully one of their players came down with it. Um, you know, that was, that was a fun game. Those that was the, you, no one would watch it because why would you watch Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins? But uh, yeah, should the only reason you would is that it was on, on a, like a Friday or a Saturday, right? So it was an mm-hmm. off day. And so there were only a few other games that it was competing with, right? It was that, or you watched the very first round of like three or four, not so good bowl games. Zach, Zach Teller is a heck of a coach. I mean, cause they've had a couple seasons. They've gone to a Super Bowl with him. They start out really slow. His first couple of years, they're like five and 11 ish. Uh, they stuck with him and, he's good because they've gotten to slow starts and come back. They've gone on deep playoff runs. Burrow gets hurt. He's guiding them through it. I'm I'm in Zach Taylor. I think he's a good coach and Hey, let's, I mean, who are they playing next here? They got the Steelers this week. Then they play the chiefs. Then they play the Browns. I mean, they, you know, they're going to have to win two of those probably at least to get in to the playoffs, but we're in weird times. Three games left for most NFL teams. That's it. Yeah. 
quick the break. Steelers that are going to be rolling out Mason Rudolph next week. So the Steelers are in such trouble. <laughs> Mason Rudolph in time for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> just for the kids. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from today's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Reggie's Righteous Reverse Spam Call Center. As communication technology advances, many of us prefer a text-based medium to exchange pleasantries with friends and families. As a result, there is a growing shift toward reserving actual phone calls for emergency situations only. This can make a random spam call not just an annoyance, but an emotionally scarring experience. Has this ever happened to you? You've just settled the kids into bed after a long day, got cozy in your oversized chair to read your Bible and snack on some Nilla wafers, when suddenly the phone rings. Fearing this is surely a family member calling to inform you that great Aunt Shirley has fallen and been rushed to the hospital with a broken hip, you leap from your chair and rush to get the phone, only to discover it is yet another spam call. Caller asking you about your car's extended warranty. Mercifully, Aunt Shirley is safe. But now you're too distraught to relax and yet another Tuesday evening is ruined. With thousands of spam callers running all sorts of schemes, how can you ever feel a sense of security? Thankfully, Reggie's Reverse Spam Call Center has got you covered. Here's how it works. Reggie keeps a gigantic warehouse staffed with phone operators dedicated to calling all of the spam numbers that keep bothering you. Reggie's team of operators keeps the spammers' phones tied up on phone calls all day and night so that they don't have any time to call you and ruin your evening. They keep the spammers tied up, occupied by asking them a series of questions like, what's the most annoying sound in the world? How many miles from here do you think you live at this point in time? Where could I find the best ice cream at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday in Spokane, Washington, when they don't even live in Spokane, Washington? For an extra price, Reggie will even customize the questions to your specific interests. Be your own DJ. Create custom, time-wasting questions for Reggie's team to ask the spam callers. The longer the question, the better. Take back control of your phone lines and your peace of mind by hiring Reggie's Righteous Spammers to spam the spammers. Reggie's Righteous Reverse Spam Call Center also works on unwanted calls from family. These bets are so unnecessary. <laughs> right, Reggie's Righteous Reverse Spam Call Center is a nice one. A perfect holiday gift for any family member. If you've got a last minute thing and you just don't know what to get them, give them some peace of mind. That's what I say. Perfect gift for the introvert in your life. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get to, let's do a little, uh, some categories for best sports moments type of thing. So start Ooh, with yeah. what sport had the best year NHL 2023 recap here, end NBA. of the season. So NBA, the Nuggets won NFL, the chiefs beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. NHL. I have no idea. And in baseball, the Rangers won. My apology. I think Boston won in the NHL. <laughs> They did not. In fact, oh, they did not. Okay, Boston sorry. probably a good guess. Our, that sounds about right. 
Boston's going to be nominated for another category this year as a result. Worst moment of how poorly they finished a pretty epic season. Okay, Uh, as I recall. So, So, who won the NHL title? The Golden Knights, Vegas. Hey, all right, way to go. Um, so which of those was, which of those was the best? It was a year of firsts, right? So Vegas won their first Stanley Cup. Nuggets won their first NBA title. Rangers won their first World Series. Chiefs, boring, boring. Nobody wants to see them win again. Uh, and, and, but of course, the Super Bowl is the most watched out the of Chiefs any of those The Chiefs did events. cement, and Andy Reid and Mahomes did cement. Getting, getting Super Bowl number two, I think, is pretty important for Reid's legacy Mahomes legacy, you know, they're trying to build greatest of all time sort of profiles. And as a coach, you really got to get two Super Bowls to to get into that conversation. So I do think that was a really important win, even though, like you said, it's not the most exciting. But when you think about that, those guys aren't just average, average guys, average bros. You know, they have a chance to be all time greats. Getting that second Super Bowl early does is a big deal. Uh, for that I'm a little biased because of my team won the World Series but I love some of the new rules that they put in baseball and the 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 pace of play uh picking up I know it kind of uh, the the managers and players found ways around it to meander and and really get the the games uh it started shrinking dramatically and then they kept getting longer and longer uh and then of course the pitchers uh, with the injuries, don't like the pitch clock as much, but I, I I thought it did something pretty good for pace of play, and it made baseball uh, as watchable as it's been in a long time. I'm in on baseball having the best season because I love the rule changes. Stolen bases are exciting. Yep. I want more stolen bases. I want less time between pitches. There would be so many times where I turn on a game like the seventh inning because you're like, hey, let's see how this game ends. It's three to two, and I turn on the baseball game seventh inning, and then it's just immediate pitching change. Pitching change, pitching change, 30 seconds between pitches, you know, batters wasting time, uh, visit from the manager. And I'm like, I've seen two outs. It's been 25 minutes. Like, and then yeah. I would just change the channel and, and it's it, making pitchers pitch to three guys to three batters. That one doesn't get talked about, but that's the one sure. that makes the biggest difference for me. Less yep. bullpen changes, please. Or can we get the cart? You know, they used to drive them out on a golf cart. Let's get these guys to the mound faster. You know, let's have Olympic sprinters carrying the relief pitchers on their backs to get them to the mound quicker. Let's let's speed up the game. But I'm in for baseball having the best season. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You know, look, you can't go wrong when a team wins its first ever title. I think it was also good for the sport that we had a couple of surprising teams in the World Series, right? You, you have the whole season and everybody thinks – all right, this is just going to be Astros Braves or something like that or Dodgers or whatever, right? We're just sort of careening towards business as usual. Uh, And then suddenly the sort of magic of playoffs happens where, hey, you know, any team just needs to win four out of seven or even at some earlier stages, three out of five or whatever. Uh, And so uh, it becomes an exciting time because of all of these sort of late inning heroic type things that are happening. I agree that something needs to be done about sort of the pitching You know, we used to be in this place in Major League Baseball where pitchers would pitch 
eight innings, nine innings in a game. And now we've sort of flipped the script and suddenly it is the era of the bullpen games entirely where a starter mm -hmm. is lucky to make four or five innings and then suddenly reliever, 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 which does sort of break up the pacing, right? If, if the goal here, which some of the things that the MLB has been doing, which we've been talking about, and I think we all agree has been great for the game is speeding things up, right? We implement the pitch count, the pitch clock, uh, we're, we're reducing time between innings, all of these things that are helping make this move on a little bit more of exciting a pace in the same way that we are used to with the NFL or the NBA in particular. Uh, something like that needs to happen in terms of how we think about the rules that govern pitching changes, because it's just getting out of hand and you're never going to see any of these old records broken at this rate, right? These guys that are pitching hundreds of innings in a year or yeah. throwing complete games in the playoffs. It's just never going to happen again. I don't think, I don't know. So it's, it's nice to see because these leagues have these ebbs and flows, right? So MLB was becoming extremely boring because it was becoming a true outcome league in which you, mm -hmm. the only way to score was to hit home runs. And that is the most boring form of baseball to where, because you end up with like strikeout, 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 no base runners, right? Um, you're taking away a massive fielding part of the game. Um, you know, you see the the NFL where maybe the days of paying quarterbacks sixty million dollars and fifty million dollars in guarantee contracts maybe we're peeling back from that. Where we're seeing these just mass influx of mediocre talent, young talent. I don't know what to call it. Backup uh, Armageddon, but it, it's I think it's making teams realize like maybe putting. 60% of my uh, team's budget into one human who is made of flesh and bone and can get injured at any moment. It's not the best idea. And the NBA, you know, they have their problems. The, uh, the you know, the, the players are kind of taken over, right. You know, that's, so they're, they're trying to tweak that with the end season tournament, they're doing stuff and it's, it's, you know, say what you will about what they do and don't do. It's good to see these leagues being active to try to better the product. NBA in-season tournament? I mean, that has to count for this season, which I thought was a huge success. I mean, that, that counts. Uh, you know, it's, I know it's not uh, last season. It's not the completed season yet, but I think they're trying to just do stuff. You know, it, baseball could try something like this too. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't be that far off to be like, baseball's like, baseball's looking around like, could we make June in-season tournament, you know, right before the trade deadline? Well, Get some people going out like early June. They got nothing else going on. You know, they're having a meeting about it. They're at least calling some people together and say, hey, baseball's got this? the World Baseball Classic, which I think okay provides some element of that, right? And so, and I think the, the season, World Baseball Classic had a lot to do with juicing up the MLB season too, because it was so great hmm, leading into okay. baseball. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we got everyone that in, if like we say baseball thirsty, you know? globally had the best year, perhaps because maybe okay, yeah. All right, well, let's get to most dominant sports performance. This is the one I want to hear the most. Okay. You know, I've tossed out a couple Eric's ideas some for nominees. you guys to decide, right? I mean, you know, there's some of the obvious ones, right? It's like the MVPs from the various leagues. So certainly Shohei had another fantastic year on kind of a, a bummer of a, a team that he is no longer a member of. Uh, we had Ronald Acuna, who had the first ever 40-80 season in MLB history, we mm. had Joe's man, Joel Embiid, winning his first MVP 
out a couple of international options for, for our more uh, eccentric listeners or dominant than Max Verstappen over the last probably five or six years. This year in particular, he had a crazy stretch. I think he won 19 out of 20-something uh, individual uh, races or whatnot, which was bonkers. We had Novak Djokovic in the world of tennis, who just secured himself in the history books with his 24th men's singles Grand Slam title, all time uh, which is tied for most crazy. all time with famous Australian women's player from the 1950s and 60s, Margaret Court. Um, and so he's, he's still going, so he's probably going to pass her. Uh, and then in the world of soccer or football on the international scale, right? We had sort of this battle uh, Lionel Messi doing crazy things, moving to Miami and still proving that he's not stopping. Uh, and then Erling Holland, my Norse countryman with the same last name, sort of, uh, who uh, led led Man City to a win of the treble, right? That's a triple win out there uh, and also broke the single season Premier League record for goals scored. So a lot of options. I will leave Can it I to add you. one? Please. Corey Seager had one of the more dominant uh, shortstop seasons in the history of baseball and won an MVP, uh, won in his second World Series title in three years, and he was World Series MVP in both of those titles. Uh, and he had a better year this year than he had with the Dodgers winning that. The dude's on a different planet right now. 1133 OPS for Corey Seager in the postseason. Pretty Holy good. Cow. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty 327 good. average for the year, too. You just don't see that anymore. It's just, you know, oh, over 300. 327. Wow. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of action to choose from. Joe, what's your tradition. take? What do you think? I mean, Messi, World Cup, takes over America, completes, yeah, it's kind completes of- the legacy, completes the conversation for, hey, you can consider me the greatest of all time, and there's not right. that much. Wins the Ballon okay. d'Or again, which oh. Erling Holland was saying, hey, what about me? But, you know, Djokovic. you got one or two other guys in Norway that can play so that your international team can do something. I'm not ready to give a Djokovic yet because he's going to keep going. He'll get it in like a couple years. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, I like Messi. I like Messi. I kind of like Messi. Verstappen, probably the most dominant we've seen in a long time. It's just a little hard for me to quantify. F1 dominance. Right. How much is it? The, is the car the key? How much is the man behind the wheel the key? Can anyone know. answer that question? Is this an answerable question? I mean, it has to be partly him. I mean, he should probably get a ton of credit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it just his tenacity? I, I, <laughs> I, I hear he's a bit of a jerk, too, but maybe sometimes. That's sometimes what you need uh, he's great athletes. To be successful. I mean, Novak Djokovic certainly seems to be a bit of a jerk as well. So. <laughs> he rubs uh people the wrong way uh no right no. steps no. into that villain role says rain down the booze and being winning the first his first mvp was great but then flamed out in the playoffs unfortunately uh so gets disqualified there i'm going messy i think i think it was Messi's year i'm going messy most dominant sports performance curtis i second the messy oh. vote we have a consensus Ooh. winner All okay right. that's it all right, we'll be in contact, Messi, for your prize uh, that that you win. The hijinks <laughs> Sports Person of the Year Award. All right, well, give us another uh, give us another category here. All right, I thought I would go with a bit of a fun one here with the biggest surprise title of the year, or the biggest surprise win of the year, 
Uh, we've got a couple of obvious ones, right? We've these the teams that won their first title, Denver Nuggets, Texas Rangers. I thought perhaps that the LSU women's basketball team, uh, coached by Kim Mulkey, led by Angel Reese, winning the title this year over um, the expectations, at least, was that South Carolina would continue their dominant run. But even when LSU, when LSU got there, I think a lot of people thought that Iowa, led by Caitlin Clark, would win that title. So that was a bit of a surprise. And then just as a fun side action on the bottom, biggest prize win of the year, perhaps Travis Kelsey winning little known indie rock pop singer Taylor Swift's heart biggest win of the year. Okay, so we got the Nuggets, the Texas Rangers, LSU women's hoops, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Curtis, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, you know where I'm going, man. The Rangers, baby. <laughs> Is that the biggest surprise though? Uh yeah. I mean, they lost uh <laughs> When you lose two former Cy Young pitchers or lose a Cy Young pitcher and then double down and go spend another couple hundred million to bring one in and then he goes down and you still win the World Series, I think it's pre- I think that's pretty surprising. And having talked to some Rangers fans before the playoffs started, I can confirm. Oh, they, I mean, they, it they was very like, surprising to Rangers fans when they when they were like, "Whoa, we're winning!" This is they lost like fourteen happening? games in in July or something crazy like that. To, like, and then, by the way, they didn't even win the division. They right, choked the it away at the last back, day. Yeah. Like last weekend. Wild card season. win. Okay. I yeah. mean, you got to give some props to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift being just the runaway surprise story of the Look, year. Did not see that thought? coming. Good. You know, John Mayer, I, I think I think maybe Taylor Swift and John Mayer have already did it. But uh, something like this, I, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting pairing. You know, we'll see. I think it'll probably kick back up again um, if they're still together in the playoffs in that sense. And then he's going to retire and ask her to marry him. And then she's going to break up with him. It's, obviously. it's true love. I can see it. Okay. Together forever. What will this but, mean for her future album work, uh, though, if she doesn't have these romantic problems to get out on the page or whatnot? I don't know. Right. I'd be Ooh. worried about the art, right? Which is really the most important thing. So right. do, do it for the art. I think Travis don't, will handle it. Don't let the art suffer. That's all. All right. I'm excited about this next category. because right, so We're going Rangers, board. I think, there. All right. Is this last Ooh, category? Rangers. Yeah. Last Second category. Line. We'll flip the script here. And instead of the biggest win, what is the biggest ah, 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 choke of the year? And I've got a couple of interesting options that I will present to you as well. One of them, I'm going to kind of read this in reverse order. Um, one of them is one we just sort of briefly touched on when Joe guessed that the winner of the Stanley Cup this year was the Boston Bruins. And the reason I think that Joe guessed this was because the Bruins had one of the greatest regular seasons in NHL history, right? Um, They broke or at least tied, I think, maybe broke the record for wins in the regular season. And as such, you know, there's a trophy that's awarded in the NHL for the team with the best record, and it wasn't even close. They go into the playoffs and then lose in the first round to, I believe it was the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, our fact checkers on the back end can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they they lose a pretty surprising first round exit. Boom, bounced after that. Second option here, most perhaps most dominant team on the international stage over the last, what, 30 years, something like that. The U.S. women's national team for soccer. Very underwhelming, bounce-worthy performance. 
we don't even get to play for the title um, because we are gone before that game happens. Third option, I'm given the choke award perhaps to the PGA for how poorly they fumbled this interaction between them and the Saudi-led uh, LIV golf you know, league or whatever. Uh, just claiming that they were not having anything to do with them, cutting them off, and then suddenly they said, oh, this isn't working for us. Uh, and they had to do some a pretty aggressive backpedaling um, to make that merge. And then, of course, perhaps the most recent choke in our memory is one young Mr. Draymond, Money 23 Green, literally choking, money. Yeah. choking Rudy Gobert, uh, and as such, perhaps choking out the Warriors' playoff chances this year because he can't quite seem to figure out what's going on. What do you think? Great list of candidates. I have one to add. Okay. Las Vegas F1 race. What happened? Oh, I hear it was just horrible. I hear it was real bad. Yeah. That was the most hype thing I've ever seen. And then it got canceled on the the first night of trial racing or uh, speed trials or whatever they do. And then it became this unwatchable, boring thing. They pissed off the entire city of Vegas. They pissed off all the casinos. It was an absolute shit show. uh, So much so that they might even just pull out. It was, if, it if was you upset the awful. casinos, you're done. Yes. The casinos run everything. If you know anything about the strip, you can't walk across the strip for about 90% of, of the strip, right? Uh, they have these crosswalks. Well, these crosswalks are uh, the that's how you go f- across the street to each casino. So if you want to go from uh, the MGM to the New York or from Cosmo to the Flamingo, you use these skywalks. Well, they wanted to make sure that no one could throw things on the track. So they didn't put up clear plexiglass. They put up opaque glass because they didn't want anyone to throw or watch the race free. That's really what they didn't want. Well, the people of Las Vegas revolted against this and started peeling off all the, the, the tinting off this plexiglass and destroying it. And then during the race, they hired goons to chase people off the bridge who weren't moving quick enough. These people have no authority whatsoever, but all they did is these security guards yelled at tourists and screamed in their faces if they weren't moving fast enough across the bridge during the entirety of that uh, that the last day of the race. You can't treat people for fools. It was a disaster. And expect them to just be, oh, really? Great. Come on. Yeah. Okay, well, but, that, but I'm going, that I'm going like with Draymond. Biggest, that sounds like a big disaster, <laughs> but uh, I do want to talk about Draymond. <laughs> Compelling case uh, for the Las Vegas F1 race. Uh, Draymond is out of control, and I think it's indefinite because it's not about punishment. It's about you're going to have to pass some independent counseling checks, and you're going to have to talk to someone that we both have consensus on and there's no lifting of this suspension until we get reports from this jointly appointed counselor that you like and we like and until that until that counselor until that therapist until the psychiatrist i'm not sure psychologist who they're going to talk to until that person says yes draymond has made real change he's not getting he's not getting reappointed you know so it's not about punishing like five games ten games it's about 
you're going to have to show that you need to make a change. And until he does that, it's not. So that he's, you know, that that's that issue. I don't know if I call it the biggest joke of the year, although literally, I guess it would be uh, with Rudy <laughs> Gobert. He but was a big like guy. This guy's out of control. He he needs some change. The women's national team and your coach gets fired. Your coach gets fired after winning the World Cup last time. That's a big deal. So who do you want to go with? I'll Eric, you, you make the call. Ooh, ooh, I hate this. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the surprise surprise move and go to hockey. Uh I don't know if any of you, you know, I mean, I'm obviously we're not a big hockey group here, but watching this was crazy. Um to to see a team that was just dominating people. I mean, I this is the, the equivalent of if one of these Warriors teams or one of those Jordans Bulls teams had just been bounced in the first round of the playoffs by like, you know, the Washington Wizards or something like that. I mean, it was embarrassing. Uh, and and a town that really thrives on the, the Boston Bruins energy like Boston does to, to see that just get fully deflated so quickly was pretty wild. All right, our apologies to Boston, but Eric has appointed you. <laughs> apologies to my wife, who is from Boston. Yes, uh, that category. Loser. All right, fellas, we got five minutes. I want to do your predictions. We're going lightning round. Cue the lightning round music. We don't no, have no, no. lightning round music. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna note get some lightning round music. All right, Alabama, Michigan. Michigan's one and a half point favorite. Michigan, Alabama. I also like Michigan here. Washington versus Texas. Texas is four point favorites. Hook them. Fight on Texas. Hook yeah. All right. Too. Texas versus whoever you thought was going to win the last one. Michigan. Yeah. Ouch. I'm 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 gonna put the Texas Juju out there and say this is our year. We'll see. I think it's gonna be Texas Alabama research, uh, rematch, and that is gonna That's be, gonna be juicy. That's gonna be that's gonna be good. Uh, I kind I think Alabama would be favored in that scenario. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but Texas already beat them once this year. All right. Last lightning round questions. Kind of our crystal ball. What's the first thing Shohei's going to buy with this seven hundred million? Well, he's only getting two million a year, so. But at some point he'll have seven hundred, though, right? A Ferrari, uh, you know. At some point he will. Maybe one of uh, Kanye's have to get by on his unused Malibu houses. That's what I'll say. Uh, he has like fifty million dollars in sponsorships. <laughs> he's gonna buy one of those Wu Tang albums where they only made one of them. <laughs> a single pressing. I was thinking he'd buy a uh, an island, uh, an island of robots. And those robots would those robots would play baseball, and he. Could, I feel like you could have said an island of misfit toys there to fit in with the season. Missed opportunity. Just yeah, yeah. just <laughs> wow, Joe. Shohei, mm. Shohei though, knowing Shohei seems like a guy. He's probably more like gonna have uh, parents who are without children who are without parents, and I'm gonna put them on an island, and then I'm gonna teach them to play baseball. He's gonna have a baseball academy for. Uh, it's kind of like the new Bruce Wayne story, uh, in that sense. Excellent right. orphan baseball island. Eric, where does Yamamoto land and for how much? Give oh, us a prediction. God. Yankees, Mets. It depends how much he cares about winning. This is a you know a Japanese pitcher. Okay, how about this? To redeem myself a little bit in the in the eyes and ears of our Boston listeners, Yamamoto to the Red Sox. Eight years, oh. there's three hundred and fifteen million. 
Eight years, 315? Yep. Uh, okay. I, I think Red Sox is sneaky. I think they're going to have to pitch him. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think the Dodgers have a better pitch right now. Cleaner winning record. Our Japanese ties. They've got Yoshida on the Red Sox already. The, okay. That they signed but a year I, ago. I like the Red Sox, but I don't There's think Japanese connection. I think like eight to 65. Something like that. I'd go under yeah. 275. We'll see. They were There were wild rumors floated about at regarding 300. And then recently they had to be walked back to suggest that it wasn't actually real offers yet. But I think we may end up in and around 300. All right. Well, I'm going like 265, but we're both going Red Sox. And Curtis, get us out of here with your crystal ball. All right. Which one of these backup quarterbacks is going to do something? I'm going to give you all a vote. Jake Browning, Nick Mullins. Bailey Zappi, Will Levis, Joe Flacco, or Tommy DeVito. Ooh, who will have the best rest of this year? It's so hard to vote against Tommy DeVito. G- give us the list one more time. It's a great Jake, new cast for next the next Jake version of the Browning, Nick Mullins, Bailey Zappi, Will Levis, Joe Flacco. Got to throw the old guy in there because when you're sitting on the couch a week ago and now you're playing, I love it. And okay. Tommy DeVito. I'm going Joe Flacco. Am I am I nuts? <laughs> the only guy that wasn't in the league to begin this year. I, I think Joe Flacco was good. not in the league and you know, not out of the playoffs, but maybe they've won some games. There's maybe some magic to this. Yeah. Some Joe Flacco. I would have gone Will Levis, but he just hurt his ankle. So Yeah. I, I think he has something play. cooking though. Reckless abandon. Oh, he yeah, he and so does Tommy DeVito. Those guys just really throw it out there. Nick Mullins looking a little cagey, cagey vet, Nick Mullins. Probably trying to take the Vikings to the playoffs. I could see him putting it together, but I'll go Joe Flacco, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens uh, in the year 2000, right? Something like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> what did he get this one? Maybe, We're old. Maybe, maybe it was like 2011. Uh, all right, well, let's leave it there. We hope you have a fantastic holiday, whichever holiday that you do or do not celebrate. Uh, we thank you for being part of this family, and thank you for being you. Until we speak again, stay tuned. Join us next year when we discuss how none of us made it to midnight this New Year's Eve.